Who are your most 10 most valuable connections right now? What have you done for these people lately? That's where I would start, right? Take the 10 people that you consider to be your best connections and then do something for them, right? Do something of value for them. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hi, Gavin here, episode 115 of the Business Mastermind Podcast. Welcome back. Have you ever pondered the question, who are the 10 most valuable people in your network right now? Well, today we are going to explore that. My guest today is Patrick Powers, Patrick M. Powers, the founder of Entrepreneurs in London Network with 27,000 members and the author of the book, The New Marketing Manifesto. You'll find that we discuss the importance of relationships right now uh, in the current uh, environment, but also that most people think growing a network and going networking is about adding new people to a network. Patrick flips that on his head and talks about what you can do for the people in your existing network to add the most value to them. So straight into my conversation with Patrick M. Powers. Hi, welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Today, I've got the great pleasure of somebody who I have followed and been on my radar for a long time because his uh, prolific skills and expertise in the area of networks and relationships and business, um, Patrick Powers. Now, Patrick is here to share with us, actually, why now more than ever, relationships are massively important and how your network and your business relationships could be a key for you to weather the storm that we're going through right now. Patrick, welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Man, it's a pleasure to be here, Gavin. So please do introduce yourself, give a bit of a background to the listeners who may not have yet come across you. Sure. So I'm the founder of Entrepreneurs in London. We're the biggest business meetup group in Europe, uh, second biggest in the world, actually. Uh, we're 27,000 members. Uh, we do lots of networking events and top, uh, talks with top speakers, experts in the entrepreneurial field. Um, apart from running that, my main business is actually as an influence expert. I write um, sales funnels, ads, headlines. I'm a copywriter. Uh, but the way I see it is it's influence in all its form, whether it's the spoken or the written. It's all about understanding words and actually energy. I don't know how much we're going to go into that today, but like the energy of how you're talking, if you are talking, then your energy, and I'm not talking about being like super energetic. I'm talking about what is projected, what is the emotion that you're actually projecting when you're talking. For example, your confidence. But it could, could also be caring. It could be empathy, uh, a lot of things. So that's, that's what I do. I help people uh, write pitches, uh, develop them in a powerful way, create sales funnels and marketing messages that are irresistible. Fantastic. And in what way have you seen a shift in the tone of marketing messages uh, over recent months? Oh, <laughs> so when, when, the, uh, when the COVID hit, you know, not surprisingly, uh, you know, most businesses they start to focus on fear. Sure. Like, like, like sky is falling. You've got to buy this because otherwise, you know, you're going to have rocks hitting you from, well, you know, instead of rain, you're going to have like really, really bad stuff happening. Um, and that's not, not, nothing new to focus on fear. And actually people respond way more to avoidance of something negative 
than they do of achieving something positive. Basically, the only two things that people are motivated by, either achieving something positive or avoiding something negative. Uh, and people are always more willing to avoid something um, or get rid of something that is currently a pain or frustration than they are, and, and then they are uh, at achieving something better. But obviously, in a situation like that, um, you know, there are massively, mass, massive amounts of negative ads, which, funny enough, I mean, I typically actually run mostly negative ads, if you will, like focused on removing a negative. And funny enough, I just thought, you know what, in some ways it's really, I didn't like it because it was kind of negative and I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, um, uh, what, is, what are you saying? Just uh, increase the flame. I know there's another expression I'm looking for here. I didn't want to promote more the idea that, hey, the sky is falling because I don't think it is. Mm. So, but that's, that's what I've seen. Apart from that, it's the same thing. Marketing is the same thing. It's always been, it'll be the same thing in 10 years. Although there's a couple of, couple of um, medias and avenues of how to do it or where to do it that is changing. But the principles behind it is the same because it's all about psychology. It's all about understanding how the brain actually works and make decisions. And I think when there is a good degree of uncertainty, or in some cases, a good degree of fear at the moment, how do you think that's uh, impacting people's approach to business, approach to purchasing? That's a great question because, you know, when people are fearful, I mean, there could be panic buying of something like we saw with, with toilet paper, which I, sure. I just never understood that. What, yeah. what in the world was that about? Yeah. But I could understand that they were hoarding food, but toilet paper? <laughs> yeah. uh, but but uh, when when people are fearful, it becomes more important than ever to focus on why you are the safe bet, right? right? In other words, to really focus on creating trust, and that's where the relationships come into the picture. Because there are three things you must achieve uh, in your marketing: you must get attention, you must increase desire, and you must build trust. If you get attention and you have desire, but there's no trust, they'll still not buy from you. They'll be interested. They'll come to take a look, but they won't buy if they don't have the trust, right? Um, unfortunately, um, almost all small businesses, or you know, by far the majority, they think that marketing is just about getting attention. It's just yes. about getting your word out there, get the word out about us. Yeah. Just, and they have this, this erroneous uh, idea that if enough people know about you, suddenly they'll start buying from you suddenly you've become popular. And it's just, it's in somewhat it's true, but the problem is for a small business, you don't have the quality of the, 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 uh, the, uh, the budget to push yourself out enough times long enough to a big enough audience that that actually happens. Okay. You've got to focus on understanding how to influence one person and make a sale. Or right. even with a micro following, like a really, really, really minuscule micro following, that you're able to make sales profitably. Once you are, you 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 can do that, and you have a message that's strong enough that people want to buy from you, you can start to scale it, scale it, and scale it, and again scale it profitably. And then at a certain point, you start to put your money more into brand type of marketing to really scale it and get your name out there. The problem is everybody, not everybody, but almost everyone, including myself, in the beginning was trying to do that in the beginning, getting my name out there, 
not understanding is about to get one person to respond profitably. Right. You've got to move from attention through desire and to trust so that you make that one person turn that interest into a sale. Sure. And and the the, the increase in the desire phase is all about juicy juicy and unique benefits. Okay. So the more you can make an, an irresistible message of getting people to imagine these incredible benefits that you are going to be delivering in, the yeah. more you'll drive up the desire. Yeah. And that is something that most small business owners are incredibly bad at. Right. They are so proud of their features, then sure. they become exp- experts in the features. And because they're so proud of them, they think that's why people would buy it. And it, you know, it's just not in 95% of the cases. You know, I mean, in some cases with some products and businesses, the features can be more important than others. But in general, most people won't even bother to look at the features until they've been sold on the benefits. Once they've sold on the benefits, then, then yes, then they might look at the features, right? Okay. And then the trust, the trust is so important. That I think that's where most people are really, really falling down and understanding it. It's not just about getting attention, building a side. You've got to have trust. And so relationships are obviously the number one way to build trust. It's not, it's not, you, you can't do it with millions of people in terms of like personal trust, but you can build it with enough few people that it can make a massive, massive impact on your business and save you. In fact, it has saved me on several occasions. Okay. And so you mentioned uh, in your introduction that, uh, your entrepreneurs in London group, 27,000 members, you would meet up face-to-face regularly. Uh, yep. Those relationships were built in person. How, uh, A, how are you changing that? And B, how do business owners listen to this need to change their relationship building, trust building activity now? Yeah, so so first of all, what we did is we started to do lots of webinars instead with, with our expert speakers. Um, and uh, surprisingly, um, uh, well, surprisingly, there was a lot of people that came to them. I was, and I was surprised because we've never done that before. So I was a little right. bit like, will people take take it up? And they did. Um, but but also very surprisingly, we did a, a couple of, um, I call them virtual lunches mm-hmm. uh, with a very, very small group of people. We started with quite a lot and I figured out that we will never get around. You know, we, we can't do these effectively like we do a big networking event because at a big networking event, like, let's say we were, 100 people you know sometimes we've been all the way up to like 240 250 people obviously you're not talking to everyone you're talking to four five six seven people right and so we found out that you can't do these online things with more than about 10 to 12 people um because otherwise there won't be enough time for the for the for the individual person to to say it so we scale it down now to to about 10 to 12 people um and um uh, and, and they're actually massively, massively uh, effective, like really, really effective. Um, in, some, in some ways, actually more effective than, uh, than a normal networking event. Because here's, here's what I can do, <laughs> Gavin, which when I did this first time, I never thought this through. And I was like, while I was doing this, I was like, oh, my God, this is a real gold mine. Because here's the thing, especially as a person who's, who's running the networking event, I have to be the host, I have to run the, t- the crew, I have to do a lot sure. of things, I have to talk to sure. everyone. So my time in getting to really meet people and, 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 and really in-depth get to know them is quite limited. Yes. In this situation, I had the time 
So while the ever, everyone was going around, I sat there and took notes. Fantastic, yeah. I, w- I would never be able to take notes in a, in a live event, right? So I could take notes and, oh, this person is looking for uh, more leads. Oh, this person is looking, this, this is their problem and, and here's their challenge. And uh, one of the things that uh, I could, I, I've heard now from the people in these virtual lunches is um, a very, very prevalent need right now is they need to understand how to network online. Yeah. And they actually realize that relationships is everything right now. For sure. Yeah. And how are you recommending people do that, network online? It, well, they have to be a little bit more proactive. They have to reach out to people. I, I think one of the um, big problems that most people fall into is is kind of being reactive um they go to a networking event and and they don't they're not even proactive at the networking event so for example i i i see two types of people that are the most common not type of people but type of behavior from people at the events and there are two ends of the spectrum and neither is very effective okay it's either very aggressive right like hey i'm like I have this product. You should know about it because it's great, man. It's fantastic. Come take a look. Right. More or less. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other end of the spectrum is like, Oh, I'm just here to kind of meet some people and just checking it out and yeah, see, yeah. you know, like completely the opposite, right? You need to be in the middle and they call the middle being aggressively friendly. Okay. You're not pitching, but you're proactive. You're proactive in seeking out relationships that are, that are valuable for you. And you were proactively and kind of aggressively being valuable to them, right? Being friendly, trying to be valuable to them, not just being reactive and sit back and, and wait for things to happen. I think that it, most people are just massively afraid of, of, of being the person taking charge, being the person leading. And the, the, uh, the, the weird thing is that those are the only ones that actually get any results, right? You've got to take the lead. And that's the same thing online. You've got to reach out to people. You can't sit and wait. So if I were, if I were uh, anybody listening, I would do exactly the same thing that I did. I would get, bring a small group of people together. Say, hey, we're doing a virtual lunch. You know, actually, I thought this, co- this concept is so amazing that I actually registered virtuallunch.co. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, virtuallunch.com was, was taken, unfortunately. But I have virtuallunch.co, virtuallunch.co.uk. Um, and I think this is going to be a, a concept that will work like forever. Yeah, I, I mean, I, honestly, there was, it was so effective for me. That I was like, wow, I'm going to continue to do this. So I would, I would reach out to some people and see one of the, one of the ways that you could be more valuable because obviously people don't, people, people want to serve their self-interest, right? So how can you make it of value to them to network with you? Well, if you had four or five other great people on, on, a, on a call that they could network with, that could be a value to them, right? So if you, if you reach out to people and say, hey, um, let's say, hey, Gavin, you know, listen, I, I was thinking about you because I'm, I'm bringing some great business people together over a virtual lunch, about six, seven of us, uh, handpicked by me and I thought of you, would you be interested in, in getting on a virtual lunch with some other great business people? Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. And then the format you use is everybody's introducing that what they do uh, and the kind of uh, help or support that they're looking for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. So it's just uh, you know the first time I didn't I didn't really lead it too much. Um, you know, you know the expression the assumptions is the mother of all. Yes, yes, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 
And I kind of assume that people people understand how to behave themselves and how to pitch. And some people just didn't. Um, you know, some people were literally blabbering for minutes and minutes, right? Um, so, so from now on, I, I kind of do some do some ground world, uh, you know, some ground rules from the beginning, saying, "Hey, we'll, we'll have we'll have a minute each to explain what we do, what we're looking for." Uh, please don't go too much over time. I'll have to stop you because otherwise we we won't we won't get around to all of us. And then for somebody listening to this that would that loves the idea of a virtual lunch, um, when they're deciding who to try and pull together, presumably you're looking for synergies that you would imagine might exist between different members of the group where there's mutual benefit of them connecting and getting to know each other more. Yeah, if you want to make them really effective, like really super effective, you do that. Um, I've I've chosen not to spend that much time on it. Okay. Uh, however, I have set up a form that people have to pre-qualify themselves because I don't want to oh. have um, I don't want to have uh, pre pre uh, startups on of there course. or people in the very 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 early stages. Um, I want to have businesses that are relatively similar in size. Yes. Uh, and, and because otherwise, it's just not going to be a benefit to anyone. Like if, let's say that you're just starting out, you just started out your business yesterday and you got on with Richard Branson. Like mm-hmm. you, would, you would be really, really excited to be networking with Richard Branson, but actually you wouldn't get anything out of it. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't because you can't do anything for him and he can't really do anything for you. You, you don't have anything to offer him, right? So you would never do business with him. So there's no point. So the more similar in size the, the businesses are, obviously the more varied they are, the better. But but I don't really sit and think, oh, would this be a good synergy here and so on. I'm just choosing them out for, for, for size. Right, okay. And, and variety. I, obviously, I don't put five marketing agents together. Um, of course. Same. Unless it was specifically for a masterminding thing between marketing people. Hi, Gavin here. If after lockdown, you are somewhat excited, if not a little daunted about how to reboot your business, then get in touch because I can help you do that. Get clear, refocus your strategy to ensure that's appropriate for the coming months and years ahead. And also revitalize your teams, getting them re-engaged and working together, pulling together in the same direction. So drop me a line, Gavin at GavinPreston.com so that we can explore how I can help you get your business back on track. And how are you finding people have adapted um, to the world of Zoom, for example? You know, before the lockdown, some people had never even heard of Zoom, never mind used it. <laughs> how do you find the experience, you know, online and, and using tools like Zoom compared to what people have been traditionally used to was meeting up in person? Well, in the beginning, people, it was just massive, um, massive confusion, I think. I mean, for, for myself, I've been using Zoom for years, so it was not anything different for me, but I, I could see that that lots of people they're uncomfortable uh doing that way and and they felt felt self-conscious on the video and so on and so on which is understandable anything new anything new is uncomfortable so if you if you prepare yourself that it is going to be uncomfortable and and, and kind of accept the uncomfortableness of it it'll actually be less uncomfortable really, really quickly um so that's that's one tip i would say just just go with it just just uh, accept that you're uncomfortable, that it's going to be not smooth in the beginning. It's fine. Um, go go out and do it massively. Do it three, four, five meetings in a day. And then after that, you know, after that day, you'll probably be a pro by the end of the day, day one or day two. 
So for some people that maybe not love the idea of a virtual lunch, but haven't, I've been feeling quite isolated now in lockdown and haven't been connecting with uh, other business owners, potential members, potential customers, potential suppliers. What's the sort of frequency that you would recommend? Is it something that they might start off by trying, I don't know, lunchtime on a Friday and once a week and then build from there? What what, what have you found to work with people that start to play with this? Well, the, the, most people I would say like for, for the real for real networking events, I always used to say do one or two networking events a, uh, a week. Okay. Right? Uh, and it, but it also depends on your your business model because they're, they're business that might not um, they might not get that. I, for example, online businesses, they might not have a need for a lead flow via networking, right? They get no. all their leads online. Um, if you're purely, a, a, say, an e-commerce platform or something like that. Um, and, and for those, I would say I would say two networking events a month, okay? Even, even if you don't get any direct leads because, and this is one thing as well, that people don't necessarily understand why should I go to networking if I'm not getting any leads? Well, networking is not just about getting needs, leads. It's about partnerships. It's about relate, valuable relationships that will turn into business and opportunities for you, right? I mean, the amount of, the amount of partnerships and opportunities I've gotten from networking is just ridiculous. Uh, it's, just, it's just unbelievable, um, but not necessarily direct leads. I've got those as well. But the most valuable connections or the most value I've got out of networking are the partnerships and the opportunities that's not necessarily elite. So, but, but with virtual networking, um, I would say do, do it even more, right? I mean, you're at home. You're, you're saving your travel time. Why not, why not do one a day? Right. At least a couple, a couple of weeks. Yeah. That's what I would do. At least a couple of weeks. And how do you is, – is there a way that you found through experience to shortcut the journey – uh, to finding to finding yourself in conversations where there could be a potential partnership, or is it the you got to kiss a few frogs first thing? You know, all these trial and error. The more you speak to, the more people you speak to, the more likely you're going to find uh, the right partnerships. Yeah, great question. So this is what I would do. The short, the, the ultimate shortcut is, and and actually the fastest way to really expand your network is to start with your current network. Okay. Right? So you, and that's what I will, almost everybody is going wrong. They think about, oh, who can I go out and find? Well, guess what? You already have your most valuable connections. You have them in your network already. Here's a question that is, is, is really, it's really profound, okay? And um, I highly recommend you guys, you, you really take this to heart, okay? Who are your most, 10 most valuable connections right now? Right. And when I was asked that question the first time, I had exactly the same response as 99.9% of the audiences asked that question. And that's a deer caught in a headlight mm. look. Mm. Like, uh, I don't e- even know who my 10 most valuable connections are. Mm. Okay. Now, might that be valuable to know who your 10 most valuable connections are? <laughs> I would say it's crucial. Yeah, and I, I couldn't. I was like, I was literally doing the, the Homer Simpson said, "My God, <laughs> sure. why I've never thought about who are my ten most valuable connections." And then the the, the second the follow up question. Some people they will get to like three or four or five, okay. Um, but but here's the second the follow up question that really gets people is, what have you done for these people lately? Whoa! Brilliant and then sense. they go like completely silent and like, oh my God. 
I haven't really done anything for them. Yeah. Right. Now, how can you expect them to be your most valuable connections if and, and, and for them to value you if you're not a value to them? Mm-hmm. You can't, right? But if you focus on a few people and make them super fans, like super, super fans, by, by, by being of value to them on a regular basis, and being of value can be as, as, as little as just checking in to let them know that you're really, really honored to have them in your network, right? Just make them feel they're appreciated. Hey, I'm just checking in to let you know that you made an impact on me, right? As little as that, which is actually not that little because, you know, marketing and sales is about finding and filling needs, right? Unfulfilled needs. You find needs that are unfulfilled and fill Mm. them. One of the most unfulfilled needs in the world is the need or the needs to feel important, to feel valued, to feel appreciated. Honestly, those are some of the most unfulfilled needs. And if you can make people feel important, valued, special, appreciated, they'll absolutely love you for it. That's where I would start, right? Take the 10, 10 people that you consider to be your best connections and then do something for them. Right, do something of value for them, and then start with those ten people and put them on a on a virtual lunch, okay, and then and then ask them, like it was a fantastic experience to have you, so appreciate it. Now, you know, obviously, I would like to expand these virtual lunches to 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 more people. I would like to have you on again. Do you have anybody that you can nominate, like yourself, somebody really smart, somebody somebody valuable? Uh, somebody who's a smart business owner that that would that you think that would be uh, they'll get some value out of getting these these virtual lunches, and then you have them nominate two or three people, and then you do the same thing with them and then with them and so on and so on, and that's that's how you can actually really really quickly expand your network. Love that. So finding the ten people that in your network who are the most valuable, yep. and then what is it that you can do for them and deliver that value for them. And then bring them together. Yep. Yeah. And, and you, by bringing you, them together, then, then you you provide massive value for them. And do you kind of filter? I don't know if this is the right word, but do you do you think are they going to be compatible, or do you just because because the ten people of most value to you is through your own perspective, yep. they might not necessarily be of most value to each other. True. I don't really think too much about that. Um, what I what I what I look at is are these people that are really like and trust, like, right? I need to trust them, right? Because I won't connect people with each other unless, unless I trust them, right? Sure. That's, that's super important for me to protect the people that I know, not to be screwed over by somebody else. So that's the first thing I really look at. Do I really sure. trust this person? Number two, do I really like them? Um, number three, are they socially intelligent? Okay. okay. Because... I, uh, last year I put a, put a small group of people together. Uh, I call it VIP dinners and it's like very, very successful business owners. Yeah. Uh, way more successful than me. Like every yeah, single yeah. person in that group was like way beyond me. We even had a billionaire in the group. Yeah. And, um, and I also got, got approached, um, approached by somebody who was exceptionally successful. Uh, and I did it be- because this is just an 
elite group of people and very, very, very small. I, I do want to hand select people very closely from the beginning. So I, I do an interview, an in-depth interview with them. I meet with them first. Um, and in meeting one of these guys, I just found out that he was very awkward socially. His social intelligence was very low. I mean, he's been very successful, but he was just weird. And and you want to you want to try to get people in there that's going to be adding to the dynamics of the group and adding to like having it be fun and interesting, yeah. Yeah. not being weird and awkward and hard, right? And if there's just one person in a small group of people that's kind of awkward and weird, um, that can kind of destroy the energy of that group. So that's um, that's yes. what I'm looking at. Do they have a high level of social intelligence? Yep. Uh, is it somebody that's fun, interesting, inspiring to hang around? Can they be trusted? Great. And that you, you, we've mentioned the word trust. You mentioned it a number of times. The best way of developing and nurturing that trust, A, is doing something of genuine value for the other person. Yep. Uh, what other things would you recommend that could help really build trust in relationships? Connections, right? So, so for example, I was being interviewed yesterday um, uh, by a guy who is an app developer. And um, I've known him for years. And I know he's, he's a great guy. He does great work. And I've thrown him a couple of, of leads from time to time, somebody who's looking for an app developer. Um, I'm not sure. Well, actually, one of them actually turned into some business. Um, I was just about to say, I'm not sure whether something turned out of it. But, you know, when you do that, you just it's massively appreciated, like massively mm. appreciated. So if you just do a brainstorm about what, what is it people want, and the more personal you can make it, though, like if you really get to know somebody really personally, and, for example, if you know that, let's say they're a super fan of Tony Robbins or whatever, and, and uh, you send them the new Tony Robbins book or whatever, like something that, that yeah, re- yeah. relates to them personally, yeah. that makes a huge impact. Uh, by, the way, by the way, giving people books uh, is something I started doing last year. Okay. And it's just one of the most amazing things you can do. Like the most important thing about getting attention is doing something different, mm-hmm. right? Getting attention is step number one in marketing. And, and people know that yet when they go to networking events, they're just like utterly the same as everyone else. Their pitches are the same, the dress the same, they're just the same, mm-hmm. right? And they give out their business card or whatever. It's like, so what do you do? Oh, I'm an, I'm an accountant. All right, I've never heard that pitch before, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so you've got to do something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you give people a book, that's different. And it doesn't and, necessarily have to be the one that you've written, I'm presuming. You're not, you're, no. you're not saying that everybody has to write a book in order to network. Not at all. So, so here's a really great tip. Like, first of all, uh, I'm looking whether I have this book. I mostly give out this. So, I'm absolutely super fan of this book called Principles by Ray Dalio. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Have book. you read it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've listened to it. Sorry. Audio. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. It, it's, it's, like, it's so deep. Like, it's no, so it's very, it's very, it's just unbelievable. Right. So, I believe that it's the best business book ever written. And then it's, it's a whopper, right? It's huge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but actually, it's one of those books you have to listen to more than once to really get the full value from it. Oh, yeah. Or absolutely. read it more than once, yeah. Again and again. Uh, I just did an interview with Daniel Priestley earlier today, by the way, and he's, he's read that book three times, and it's a huge book. Yeah. Right? Um, so, 
so uh, you know because I'm such a fan, you know, I, I'm I've become almost evangelical about it, like, like knocking on doors and asking people, "Have you accepted principles into your life?" Right? Yeah, I'm really yeah. crazy. I want I want people to experience this value. Uh, so so I went on Amazon and, and bought a few of them. So I always have one or two copies. So when I meet somebody that I really like, uh, I really want to add to my network, I, I give them one of these books. And, and incredibly enough, I mean, it's such a big book and it's only hardbound. It's like 14, 15 pounds on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. But then you, what you can also do is if, if that's a little bit too rich for your, for your budget. But again, I, I encourage you to think not in terms of reaching hundreds and hundreds of people, but just a couple of people a month. Like if you do this with a couple of people a month, I guarantee you within a year, let's just see you do it with two to three people a month, two to three books a month. Okay. Or something that makes a really standout um, statement value. That's let's say thirty people a year. Okay, let's just say that thirty people a year that really knows you, that really yeah. trusts you. That's a lot. That's actually yeah. a lot of people, and yeah. that can lead to a massive amount of of of, um, uh, of referrals for you and opportunities then that you have no idea how valuable actually they will be. And one of the things you can do on, um, on Amazon, uh, if you're really on the budget, you can go buy used books. Um, and if, course, you buy them, yeah. if you buy them with, you know, there's a rating where uh, they say like how good condition they're in. Yeah, yeah. If, if you buy them uh, where they said um, as good as new or very good, they're, Practically almost every single case, you cannot see it's a used book. They literally look new. Right. And sometimes you can buy a used book for 50p, one pound, couple pounds, plus two pounds in shipping. Wow. Yeah. That's a great hack, great tip. So yep. covered a lot of ground. And, you know, for me, things that jumped out was the virtual lunches. Um, those two really powerful questions, you know, who are your 10 most valuable people and connections in your network right now? And what have you done for them? And then going out of your way to do something for them, bring them together onto a virtual lunch and really build that trust. Send them a book, do bring them contacts, leads, do something that's really going to give first in that relationship. Yep. Fantastic. Absolutely. So Patrick, if anybody wants to find out more about um, the events that you run, the virtual lunches that you do, and indeed Enterprise in London, when your webinars, et cetera, that you run, how, how would they do that? Sure. So on Facebook, we're Founder Nation. So just look for Founder Nation on Facebook because we're scaling outside of London now under the name of Founder Nation. Great. Obviously in, uh, in London, we're Entrepreneurs in London, and that's on meetup.com. So it's just meetup.com forward slash Entrepreneurs in London. Uh, and then personally, they, uh, my personal website, patrickmpowers.com. Um, all your listeners can actually go and get a free sample of my new book, which is the new marketing manifesto. And I'll find a link at the top, at the very top of my site. Um, and there's, uh, three chapters and I promise you one of them is completely kick-ass. So don't miss that patrickmpowers.com and get a free sample. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today, Patrick. You're welcome. You're welcome. It was really, really fun. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.